Are you on the RCR mailing list? Never miss a beat of the news and hard-hitting stories you've come to know and love. Stay in the loop. Visit realitycheck.radio forward slash email. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Last time we chatted to Adam Crichton, the Washington correspondent for the Australian newspaper, was around the middle of December 2023. So here we are in, uh, well, coming up mid-February. Adam Crichton joins us again. Adam, Happy New Year. I hope it's not too late to say that, but it's our first (laughs) catch-up, so I think that's fair enough. Happy New Year. Uh, Yes, likewise. Happy New Year. Certainly the two months have gone past, I must say. (laughs) Yeah. How was your break? Did you have a break? Uh, yeah, look, I went back to Australia for a couple of weeks over Christmas, New Year. That, that's always nice. Uh, certainly a big change of weather going back to Sydney from DC. I uh, bet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, been back here now and it's been very busy, of course, with the start of primaries and, and all that sort of things. I've been travelling around a lot. Yeah, so it's going to be a big year ahead. Okay, so um, a target-rich environment this time around. Um, hard to know which one to start on. Let's start with this one. Um, okay, the $95 billion... Um, bill that I think the Senate passed or they, they yes. pushed it through to the Congress and there was hope because some of the Republicans, the rhinos in the Senate, including Mitt Romney, I think he said it was the most important vote they would ever make. Yes. And apparently yes. he has family business connections in Ukraine. That's another story. But anyway, um, it went to Congress. The Speaker, Mike Johnson, has, I think it's quite stunning. He said no. We're not going to pass it. Sorry. Yes. Well, look. I mean, this. I mean, just to, just for context. Originally, this was attached to uh, to a to a proposed border deal, but of course, that didn't work out. So now it's purely a funding bill. Uh, and yes, it passed the Senate yesterday. I think seventy to twenty nine, uh, and it's going to go to the House probably. Look, I mean, certainly Johnson does control. Uh, you know whether bills are voted on, but there is a provision in the House of Representatives, that that means uh, that they can actually circumvent that if they want to. So so, um, so my expectation is it's going to be passed. I don't think Johnson can stop it. I mean, the the fact is, uh, you know, probably three quarters of the members of the lower house want it passed. So, I mean, is uh, my personal view is it's a, you know, it's not a good bill and it shouldn't be passed. But I think the reality, the political reality is that when you've got all the Democrats and about half the Republicans in favour, it's going to pass. It, it doesn't matter what Johnson right. says. Okay. Okay. So because if it didn't pass, that really is that's that's an economic collapse, isn't it, for Ukraine? Because as I understand it, it is. It that is. pays salaries, pensions. Yes, it's uh, extraordinary. I mean, when I mean, the Ukraine yep. is a dependency of the US now, there's absolutely no question. I mean, it's it's you know total dependency and controlled by the US. Uh, and you know the the uh, Ukraine funding is the largest component of that bill, sixty billion dollars. And I, I, you know, I just I just don't understand what it's going to achieve. Like no one has said how it's going to help them kick Russia out. And personally, I don't think it is. So it's just going to lead to many more tens of thousands of deaths of young people. And it, you know, it's it's it just seems to me quite immoral, actually. Uh, but no one talks about that. Everyone's just you know waves the flag about helping Ukraine, but I don't really see how it does help Ukraine. It's just going to see more of them killed. Um, you know, it's not like Russia's not going to fire the missiles back again. I mean, it's it's uh, of course they will, right? But but no one even thinks more than a week ahead. It's just quite mindless, actually. I think. Yeah, the yeah, point you make point. about the willingness to just dispose of of in the meat grinder of yeah. of people like that without even really giving it a thought. I mean, this fuels the death of people, doesn't it? Yes, and and you know, look, I mean, I I think 
morally be more justifiable if it was a great patriotic war, but it's clearly not. They're having to conscript people against their will. I mean, the internet is completely awash with people being forced into paddy wagons and taken to the front to be blown up. I mean, personally, I find that extremely immoral. I mean, 700,000 young Ukrainians have fled the country because they don't want to be blown up. And frankly, I wouldn't want to be blown up either. Um, so, you know, we are encouraging that. And, you know, I also include Australia in this. I mean, we're supporting this in principle. And, you know, my column next week is going to be on conscription because I just look back at the First World War and Australia had the dignity to have two referendums on conscription in the First World War. They both failed. But at least the government asked its people, yeah. whereas Ukraine is not doing that. It's just it's just forcing people into paddy wagons. So, uh, you know, I mean, I just don't find that that a very moral approach. Yeah, that's it's a it's a wowzer. Let's see what happens then. You say it's probably going to be passed, and why the the border? Something quick on the border. How come there is? I mean, it's so obvious what's going on there. And you know, you talk about footage. There's just endless footage of endless stream of people at multiple points yeah, crossing yeah, that border, it? like it's nothing. It's it's. Like yeah, look, look, I think the facts of the southern border are, you know, are shocking and striking, as you suggest, and, you know, the, the media shows us the images. We can see what's happening. Um, I don't understand politically this one. I mean, I don't understand why Democrats don't want to fix it uh, because it's causing them a lot of damage politically, uh, clearly. It's now the number one issue that American voters talk about when they're asked what is, you know, what is their chief concern. It's no longer inflation. It's now immigration. Um, and yet... Uh, the president has the power to change, uh, well, of course, not change the laws, but 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 he can make regulations and he can, you know, for instance, impose the same regulations Trump had when he was president. And so he could at least try, but he doesn't even do that. So there's just this huge, uh, you know, influx still. And, you know, some Republicans, for political reasons, don't want the problem to go away because this is very helpful in the lead up to the to the presidential election. Um, but but who cares about them? They're not in government. You know, the fact is the president can improve the situation if he wanted to, but he's not. So so to me, it's it's a it's a political mystery. <laughs> don't I don't get I don't I don't get why the Democrats don't. I mean, of course, there's your cynics. There's your you know, so-called far-right cynics who say the Democrats want all these people in so that they vote Democrat one day. I mean, I don't know if I buy that. But I mean, for a start, these people can't vote anyway um, uh, to begin with, yep. at least. And and it's not clear anyway that uh, that Hispanics vote Democrat anymore because they're socially conservative people as a rule. So so I'm not sure that that theory even works. But but uh, so so that just gets back to my original point that I don't understand why Democrats don't fix this problem. And as we're talking. Um... A what a mass shooting event is what what it's called in Kansas at this Super Bowl parade. Another another shooting. It's, it's still a bit. Uh, yes, look, I think only one. You know, I shouldn't I shouldn't make light of it. I think only one person's died, which in the scheme of things in the US is is sadly you know um, is not a lot. Um, right. Yeah. Others. It, it is horrifying. Uh, you know, it's it meant to be a celebratory parade about the Chiefs' victory on Sunday night, and yeah, then there was some a crazy gunman there uh, shooting people. I mean, it's. Uh, I guess I mention it because there always seems to be something like this that pops up when all sorts of other things are happening as well, you know, just to... Yes, yeah. Well, that's that's the US, right? <laughs> You've got yeah, so many people, there's always crazy things going on. Now, what about this uh, Her report? Um, Special Counsel Robert Her saying that Biden wouldn't be charged for mishandling classified documents, and I want to get on to that related to Donald Trump in just a moment, uh, like Trump has. Uh, in part, he rationalised that decision 
by detailing at length how the 81-year-old president appeared to have a faulty memory in interviews, including highlighting how Biden apparently couldn't remember the year his son Beau had died. That um, The fallout, they say, in this story I'm, I'm reading here is instantaneous. And um, and it's, I think, and the instantaneous fallout is, I think people are very seriously yes. questioning the competence of this president. Kamala Harris, who had no support in the primaries, less than 1%, is poised. She said this week she's ready to, to step in. She's ready to go, poised. This is a crazy situation where you've got the most unpopular candidate who could actually end up being the president yes. after supposedly... The president with the most votes in history who can't string words together and can't hardly walk these days. Yes, I mean, I, mean, a, I think it's a clown uh, world. It, it looks like a clown world. It is. It is. The, and the the her report was extremely damaging to Biden. There's no question. It was you know the language her used about his memory and his competence was was you know almost terminal. I thought you know when it came out. And certainly, if you look at the betting markets, it's done a a lot of damage to pros- to Biden's re-election prospects. Uh, you know, a huge drop-off on Thursday, the biggest drop-off in one or two days he's experienced in about two years. Uh, so clearly a lot of people out there think he won't be re-elected uh, because of that report. Um, but the Democrats are in a real bind. They can't, you know, they can't... Uh, it's up to him to step down. They can't force it. Well, there is that Section 25 or whatever it's called, but yep. I seriously doubt that's going to be used. I mean, because, you know, think of it from the perspective of the individuals in the Cabinet. If there's a new president, then they probably lose their jobs. <laughs> so yep. so they don't yep. want a new president, right? So basically the, the incentives... Because they're the, the ones who have to vote for that, right? They're the ones who make yes. that happen. Yeah, yeah. yes. And um, the incentives of everyone in the White House is basically to keep him there, to maintain their jobs. So... Uh, so I think that's going to continue. And and based on his press conference last week that he delivered after that report came out, he's he's very determined personally to to run. So I don't. So I think it's going to be him. Uh, that was I the press do... conference to to show that he wasn't losing his memory, yes, and he, he yeah, did the he... biggest gaffe yeah. so far. You know. <laughs> yeah, where he confused Egypt and Mexico and. Yeah. You know, he's barely coherent in parts. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's very sad to watch actually, it just is. on a human level. It Just is. on a human level, uh, you know, that, that press conference was hard to watch because, you know, he's he's just – he looks like a really old man now. He looks far older than other 80-year-olds do. And and he was just being screamed at by all these quite rude journalists, actually, and I just felt really sorry for him. It was just a cacophony. And then, of course, you know, he made a fool of himself at the end and it just – you know, I mean, he must have realised that he kind of made a fool of himself and, like, he must have felt terrible. So just on a human level, I just felt – Really sorry for him, but then again, you know he's, he's the president. So you know, how how sorry can you feel for the president? Well, he, he signed up for it, presumably. Yeah. That's what he signed up for. Couple yeah. of other things um, I want to mention, um, and uh, this was a story that uh, broke yesterday. Uh, an alarm alarm on serious national security threat related to Russia and space. Apparently, after Speaker Johnson killed Senate Bill with Ukraine aid, apparently they were all called into the skiff to be. Briefed, and that's the ultra secure well, it, room, isn't it? Yeah, well, this hasn't actually happened yet. I think I think the time zones have confused you a bit, but um, but but it's happening tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be the gang of oh, eight gotcha. are going to meet yep. with Jake Sullivan. But what what triggered this was one of the gang of eight, which is one, which is the eight congressmen who who have top top uh, level security classification. One of them tweeted uh, a few hours ago that the meeting was happening. And so obviously everyone's gone into a panic because he tweeted and said there's this national security threat. 
And then some other outlets said it was from Russia, that Russia is the threat and that it's space related. So that's really all we know. Uh, the White House has said very little about, about it. But look, I mean, if, if you're cynical, you have to think that, um, you know, this has come out right at the time when the White House wants this money passed for Ukraine. So they're going to try to demonise Russia in some way and say it's got some scary weapon. Uh, you know, that's that's probably what I think. I mean, the timing's just too ridiculous. You know, I mean, this is yeah. you know they need this thing passed, and oh, suddenly they've discovered that Russia is really, really bad, even worse than we thought before. Well, they're about to focus so, some so sort of I, laser beam on a city or something like yes, that. Yes, no. Well, I tweeted that uh, Russia's building the Death Star. I thought that's would uh, be quite <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, they certainly got enough titanium. I think they've got yeah, most yeah. in the world. All right, so that's interesting. And then getting back to, you know, uh, secrets, taking secrets home, the story about the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, um, what was that, last year, targeting, well, um, obviously confidential um, um, papers. But uh, I'm reading here now that they could have been looking for a missing top secret, bind top secret binder revealing Obama's CIA and foreign allies' role in Russia collusion hoax, essentially creating the hoax and outsourcing the spying to Five Eyes countries, including your Australia, my New yes. Zealand. Yes. Um, and, you know, uh, the truth is in there. So it was originated, the um, uh, the report I'm reading here, and it's what from Michael uh, Schellenberger and Matt yep. Taibbi, um, that... Um, it was created by um, the security intelligence agencies under Obama. Obama knew about this. It was uh, designed to take out um, Trump. So this is, and the, and they're standing by their sources. These two. This could be. Yeah. This could blow up, couldn't it? Yeah. Look, it's a it's an extraordinary story. Uh, you know, it um, you know it's not verified yet, but it'll be you know one of the biggest stories of the century. I think if it's proved true. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, confirm for a lot of Trump supporters the extraordinary bias in the security agencies against Trump and his supporters. Uh, so I hope it's not true because I think if it is just, you know, kind of the respect for the US will really collapse amongst a very large share of its of its citizens, if it hasn't already, uh, which it probably has. Um, but, uh, you know, the interesting thing is the the, the original version of events, if you if you just ignore this story was was extremely damning too i mean the the john uh, the durham report that came out last year said that the fbi had no reason to launch an investigation into trump and russia it was totally baseless and it was just a giant smear basically um so that was bad enough but this is even worse this is like they actually instigated it themselves um so yeah look let's let's wait and see back to the five eyes you know um we have to be aware as citizens in our own countries that that we can be involved in things that we don't realise we're involved in. Yes, look, I, I think the you know, the so-called deep state, you know, it's fun to mock people who use that term, but I think in the years I've lived here, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's more and more reasonable a concept. But I think I think most people don't understand the the vastness to the depth of the international bureaucracy, especially in the US, in the intelligence and the you know, the intelligence gathering area, and I. You know, I, I increasingly wonder whether the elected officials really do run society or not. I just, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to sound conspiratorial, but uh, especially in the US where it is so powerful, uh, you know, less so in countries like New Zealand and Australia where there's just, there simply aren't as many human 
human beings in those sectors. But here it's absolutely enormous. And, and when you've got a dithering old president like Biden, I mean, who's really running the show, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess the point is that I didn't sign up for my tax dollars to be spent uh, with a security no, agency no. that's doing so spying political. on other, yeah, um, you know, flipping the political the system of another country during an election, and I don't know anything about that. I didn't sign up for that. Well, you've also got to, you also have to laugh about you know, the U.S. accusations of election interference. You know, at other countries <laughs> when they when yeah. they're the masters of election interference themselves. So, yeah. Wow. Any other stories that um, that are on the radar uh, that I haven't mentioned before we? Um... No, look, I think we've covered the big ones. I think we should wait a month for, you know, before we talk about the primaries because all this other stuff was way more interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's at the moment. Trump's just... going to be the nominee, right? So. Uh... That's kind do you of think the, the lawfare? Do you think the lawfare will, you know, hit at any point? You know, well, the only update there, I think, is it's it's looking a little bit better for Trump than the last time we spoke in terms of timing. All these cases seem to be being pushed, you know, pushed further into the future, which is uh, which is to his benefit, right? Um, for various reasons, so, you know, we don't have time to go into them this time, but but basically, his yeah, his appeals and and that sort of thing, and, and of course the the Georgia scandal have all helped him. Um, so, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe things are turning for him. No, and no. what did you make, just quickly, I have to ask this, of the yeah. um, Tucker Carlson-Putin interview? And, and oh, uh, what did you make? Yeah, look, I mean, it was uh, yeah, very interesting, of course. I mean, as someone who follows it closely, I didn't really learn anything new. I mean, except, of course, the history lesson for the first half hour was yeah. quite something. Yeah. Uh, but I think the main takeaway point from that and from that history lesson was that Putin did not use that interview at all or had no intention of using it to try to sway American opinion or sway Republican opinion because, I mean, he launched into an extremely abstract kind of erudite a history uh, lesson and that would have that would have alienated 99% of the world because they just, you know, most people just aren't interested in history, so they would have turned it off. Yeah. Um, so if he wanted to convince you know, so-called MAGA people to support Russia, he went around it the very wrong way. And I don't think Putin's a stupid person at all. On the contrary, I think he's extremely clever. So so that just suggested to me that he just doesn't care about the MAGA base. He's so confident that he's going to win that he's just going to talk about whatever the, you know, whatever the damn well he wants to talk about. Yeah. And and that's what he did. Um so I so I was surprised. I thought that 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 he granted the interview because he wanted to, you know, talk about simplistic things that would appeal to Republicans in America, whether it be social issues or trans stuff or whatever. Not didn't talk about any of that. It was just pure. It was pure abstract history and and technical stuff about NATO. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that didn't strike me as a man who is too concerned about what the you know who's who's in the U.S. or you know who's in power really. Which maybe I that's, know that's not the narrative, but maybe that's what he wanted to portray. That hey, you know, I'm not. Well, that's not true. It's the three dimensional chess stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three dimensional chess. And <laughs> as for uh, comments about Tucker, I saw Hillary Clinton basically <laughs> cast him as or say he's a useful idiot, which I think is a bit insulting. I mean, obviously Tucker's a s- smart guy, and yeah. she alluded to the fact that he'd he'd lost his job. I mean, it was quite sneery actually, but that's her. Um, and um, you know, there's some people calling for him to not be let back in the country or not travel to. Yeah, look, it's all a Europe. bit ridiculous. I mean, I, yeah. I think he did a fine job. I mean, you know, everyone is obviously going to conduct an interview differently, but um, at the end of the day, you know, he let Putin speak, and I think there was value in that because, uh, you know, he's constantly interpreted by the mainstream media, which is extraordinarily biased, uh, and uh, so I think it's it's useful just to hear the man himself speak. 
Adam, thanks for catching up again with us. And uh, that's Adam Crichton, Washington correspondent for The Australian. And we'll talk again soon. And who knows what will be in in our next chat, eh? I mean, who knows? Okay, thanks for having me, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio. Thank you for tuning in to RCR Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, just like what you're listening to. Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you. So connect with us today.